0: Hey there! Welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to talk about the Green New Deal. This podcast will be in three segments. In the first segment, I'll be delving into the basic goals of the Green New Deal. The second segment will cover the technical and economic feasibility of the resolution, as well as the opposition that it faces. And in the last segment, I'll focus in on the political feasibility of the Green New Deal and how much the general public actually knows about it. So, what is the Green New Deal? Released by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Ed Markey on February 17, 2019, the Green New Deal is a package of legislation designed to combat climate change while also promoting justice and equity in the U.S. The Green New Deal focuses on five main goals, achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions, creating more good high wage jobs, investing in infrastructure and industry, creating a clean and sustainable environment, and promoting justice and equity. It calls upon the government to take a leading role in curbing global greenhouse gas emissions, because the United States is both historically responsible for most of the global emissions and technologically capable of reducing them. The resolution calls for a 10-year national mobilization to reach these goals, which would require the government to work closely with people in different industries, especially those in frontline and vulnerable communities, to develop the plans necessary to achieve them. The mobilization would include plans to upgrade infrastructure to support clean energy and climate resiliency, investing in new forms of energy sources, working to reduce pollution and greenhouse gas emissions from industries like farming, manufacturing, and transportation, and working to protect and restore vulnerable ecosystems. Alongside these climate-related goals, the Green New Deal would also strive to provide high-quality healthcare economic security, job security, and clean water, air, and food to every citizen. But why are we combining legislation on the climate with legislation on economic and social justice? I decided to look to one of the creators of the Green New Deal, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, to find an answer. In an interview with Hassan Minhaj on his show, The Patriot Act, she answers a question about why justice and climate change are not inherently separate issues, but instead need to be addressed together.
1: Can you talk about the justice arm of this Mm -hmm. because I think for a lot of people that's kind of confusing. Obviously, we want to take care of the planet. That's great. What's the justice element of this entire policy. So the thing that a lot of people um, sometimes don't understand about climate change is that it doesn't impact all of us equally. Um, Just look at Flint just look at Hurricane Katrina, just look at Hurricane Maria, and you'll see how frontline and marginalized communities, Standing Rock um, is a perfect example. There was a whole fracking pipeline, and it was supposed to go through an affluent, white suburb and everyone showed up to their community board meetings right. and Shifted yelled it, it out. Right. And then, uh, that pipeline decided, you know, they decided to route it through the most marginalized community, which was a native reservation. Um, and so what the green new deal does is that it focuses, um, on frontline communities and people who will be disproportionately impacted to make sure that we have a just transition that includes everyone from coal miners in Appalachia and making sure that we have job security for those communities to um to families whose water is being poisoned in Flint the proposal also says that Americans will have quote millions of good high wage jobs how is that possible Mm -hmm. and can I have one Yeah, so do you not already have one? I don't know. I just don't know how long I'm going to have this show. I'm going to be honest. I piss off a lot of (laughs) autocrats, so I'm just trying to just get in early wherever I can. So I think what's awesome about the Green New Deal is that it acknowledges um, where good jobs come from, which are unions and labor unions. And the way that we can really ensure and guarantee good jobs, high wages, great health care in this country is with a revitalized labor movement that's also committed to saving our planet. And we've shown that in even smaller pieces of legislation within that framework, like our Green New Deal for public housing, um, has the support of laborers and construction workers as well. So it's really in working with everyone from frontline communities, native uh, climate leaders and environmental leaders, uh, union leaders, all of these folks need to come to the table.
0: In order to have a just transition to renewable energy, Policymakers must work directly with groups that have been previously marginalized and negatively impacted to ensure that this doesn't happen again. The Green New Deal explicitly states that it will also assist people currently working in greenhouse gas industries in finding new jobs during the transition. Implementing the different aspects of the Green New Deal won't be a simple task, but the policymakers need to be willing to work together with more than just large corporations if they want to make the transition as smooth and effective as possible. Now that I've covered the basics of the Green New Deal, I want to talk more specifically about its feasibility. The headlining goal of the Green New Deal is for the United States to fully switch to clean energy sources by 2030. Currently, the planet's temperature is on track to increase by 3 to 4 degrees Celsius, which could be devastating to communities around the globe. Scientists predict that we only have 12 more years to turn this around and limit this global warming. By cutting the United States greenhouse gas emissions, supporters of the Green New Deal hope to reduce the imminent warming of the planet. However, this plan has been met with significant opposition from groups who believe it's simply impossible. Many people claim that we don't have the facilities to switch over to entirely renewable energy by 2030, because renewable energy sources tend to be inconsistent over time, so large quantities must be stored to account for dips in energy production. I did some research on this and found that although the United States doesn't currently have enough battery storage systems to support the production of such a large amount of energy, many storage facilities are actually in development. In fact, I read an article by PV Magazine about the world's largest battery storage facility, which is currently in San Diego. This facility just became operational in August and is able to store 250 megawatts, which is huge. I think that developments like this disprove the arguments against the technical feasibility of switching to completely clean energy, because the technology is there, it just needs to be implemented on a larger scale, which will take some time. Another argument against the Green New Deal is that we couldn't possibly power the entire country without still relying on fossil fuels, but a study published by Stanford researchers in 2015 actually created roadmaps for all 50 states to reach 100% clean energy by 2050. States like California and New York are already on the way to reaching these goals of zero emissions, proving that these types of large scale changes are indeed possible. Not only did the paper show that it's possible for all 50 states to transition, but it said that switching to clean energy sources would create almost 6 million new job opportunities in clean energy, which far outweighs the approximately 4 million jobs in conventional energy production that would be lost during the transition. Beyond these technical concerns, there are, of course, many economic concerns with the Green New Deal. Although the resolution itself does not name a specific cost for its implementation, many different groups have generated their own estimates on the price. A Washington Post article stated that some conservative think tanks have come up with estimates of up to $100 trillion for implementation of the Green New Deal, But a report from Business Insider stated that Representative Ocasio-Cortez placed her estimate closer to $10 trillion. There's a huge difference in these two estimates, and I think that poses one of the largest problems for the Green New Deal. Because it is mainly a set of guidelines and resolutions for what needs to be done to reach the five main goals it states, instead of a concrete list of policies and laws that will be immediately put into action, it's much more difficult to come to a consensus on how much it will actually cost the country. As a result, many people are hesitant to support the resolution because they don't know how it will economically impact the country, or if it's even economically feasible. Now this is obviously a valid concern. No matter which estimate you go with, the Green New Deal will require a lot of money. But one thing that we need to consider is how much it will cost the country to instead do nothing at all. A paper published in Nature Climate Change projected that continuing our current state of inaction against climate change would ultimately result in around $520 billion in damages each year by 2090, and that those damages would likely continue to grow as climate change worsens. Therefore, spending a large amount on something like the Green New Deal, which would prevent and mitigate many of these climate-related damages, might not seem as absurd. It likely won't be easy to get funding for the Green New Deal if it ever passes, but the economic and environmental benefits definitely outweigh the costs of the plan. So we've talked about the feasibility of the Green New Deal and what it would entail, but there remains one last roadblock to implementing it. Could it ever pass the House, Senate, and White House? Right now, it's still unclear who will control the Senate because Georgia is going into two runoff elections, but Democrats have controlled the White House, and they hold a tenuous majority in the House. But an article from The Atlantic says that even if Democrats gained control of all three— they still would be unlikely to pass the Green New Deal without a lot of negotiations and changes. So what do people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez see for the future of the Green New Deal? I decided to look into what she has been saying about this, and I'm now going to play a clip of Representative Ocasio-Cortez from an all-in interview with MSNBC, where she talks about how she believes the Green New Deal can pass. The way
1: the Green New Deal was designed, and I encourage everyone here and watching to actually look it up because we intentionally wrote it for the people of the United States, because I'm not here necessarily to convince my colleagues. I'm here to go straight to the electorate because um, there are, and that's why I firmly believe that this is not a partisan issue because frankly, there are Democrats who will get in our way from saving ourselves too and uh but
0: do you want to name them
1: (laughs) but y'all already know but but the thing is is that you don't necessarily have to replace everybody even if you want you can if you want to you don't necessarily have to replace everyone if the electorate prioritizes it, and overwhelmingly supports it, then we create the political room to pass it.
0: Yes, Representative Ocasio-Cortez believes that widespread support from the American people will create the political momentum needed to pass the Green New Deal, regardless of who is in power. But does the electorate actually know much about the Green New Deal besides what they've heard from word of mouth? I decided to find out by going out on campus and asking a couple of people what they knew about the Green New Deal. So, do you know what the Green New Deal is? I have an idea of what it is. I know it's helping to combat climate change, but I don't know the specifics. Okay, cool. Um, and do you think that you would support it? Just even though you don't know a ton about it, would you support it? Yes, I would. Awesome. And have you done any of your own research or do you just know it from word of mouth? Mostly from word of mouth. Awesome. Thank you. Have you read the Green New Deal? I haven't. Do you know what it is? Um, I, I think I know what it is, kind of. Can you tell me a bit about it? So I know that AOC wrote it, and I know that it's a proposal for helping our environment through um, new environmental jobs, cutting out fossil
2: fuel and coal, um, and that's about all I know.
0: Nice. And do you think that you would support the Green New Deal? I would, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for
2: your time. Hi, do you know what the Green New Deal is? I mean, I feel like I don't know all about it, so I can't really speak to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do like, you I'm know- not going to say I know everything if I don't know every little part. Super fair. Have you ever done any research on it, or do you just know it from word of mouth? I have looked into some articles on, like, AOC's claims. Mm-hmm. And, like, looking specifically at what she says, because, like, I know a lot of the ideas, like, a a lot of big media is like, oh, it's unattainable, but then, like, it's actually realistic. Mm -hmm. So I saw those kinds of articles, but I haven't, like, deeply looked into it, so I'm not going to speak. Totally fair.
0: (laughs) And do you think that if you were given, like, the option, would you support it or would you not support it, or do you not have,
2: like, a stance yet? I mean, I would have to research more into it, but I definitely wouldn't be against it. I mean, they're obviously, not every plan every politician makes is perfect, but, like, the ideas are very much there like obviously i want to have a cleaner earth and like you know mm-hmm. have a place that my grandchildren can live in but um i wouldn't not wouldn't go against it entirely like that's kind of polarizing
0: awesome thank you okay what i gathered from these brief interviews is that although these college students have a generally positive idea of the green new deal most of them actually don't know any specifics about the resolution the information they had was all from word of mouth and not from actually looking at the proposal, though one of them did say she had done some research on the claims that Representative Ocasio-Cortez had made. I myself was in a pretty similar position until I started researching for this project. I did not know much about what the Green New Deal actually did. This lack of clarity on the Green New Deal could potentially be a problem for those trying to pass it because as the last interview we stated, many people don't want to take a side on these kinds of issues without knowing the full story. If the creators of the Green New Deal need the electorate to prioritize and completely support the Green New Deal to pass it, I think a lot more work needs to be done to disseminate the general information about how it would work. I encourage anyone listening to this podcast to do their own research on the resolution and form their own opinions that aren't simply based upon general word of mouth. With a more informed electorate, Representative Ocasio-Cortez and her colleagues would have a slightly easier road to passing the Green New Deal. And perhaps we would have better luck in saving our planet from some of the more devastating effects of climate change.
2: Thanks for listening.